This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup, and this is your Friday, November 26th episode. That means it's your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickup. We will talk players who are capitalizing on a surge in playing time due to injuries. As always, multiple Minnesota Timberwolves and much more on this episode. Now, normally on this episode, we sit down live on Fridays and talk waivers. This week, due to the holiday, slightly different situation. We pre-taped this episode on Wednesday. So the names you'll hear are the names that were on our radar as of midweek, but they should still help your fantasy team if you're listening on Friday or over the weekend. And if you're looking for more names, check out Jonas Nader's waiver-wired column on NBC Sports Edge. Jonas, by the way, is out for this episode due to the holidays. And with that lengthy preamble out of the way, I say hello to my co-host for this episode, Steve Alexander. Steve, as I said, we're taping this before the holiday, but I want you to imagine, I want you to project ahead. Tell me, how was your holiday? I'm going to say it was pretty uneventful, Matt. I'm going to guess <laughs> Okay. I'm going to guess that I worked all night on Wednesday into Thursday morning, into Thanksgiving morning. And then I, we're going to eat a bunch of food and watch football on Thursday and just chill out at the house with family. Yeah. And then uh, Friday, I'm predicting I'm going to go play golf and shoot an 86. Wow. And then I'm working on Saturday morning. So, yeah, uh, good good weekend, good holiday weekend I think I, I just had. Pretty good round. I feel like you left a lot. You left a few shots out there on uh, on hole number seven. That was the one where I feel like things really could have – gone better i think that was a double bogey and like that you were kind of cruising until then seven's tough the, the river's there on the right dog leg left it's one of yeah. the longer par fours out there it's 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 a difficult sure. hole sure. i just i play it like it's a par five i think that's smart i think that's smart um that's how i've typically played it as well um though i have no idea what course we're talking about okay we are going to talk today about some players rostered in 40 percent or less of yahoo leagues as of us sitting down to discuss this. And I got to start, Steve, with our old friend, Patrick Beverly. Yes, you knew it was happening. You knew this was coming. 38% rostered in his last four games. Okay, this is prior to Wednesday. Four wins for Minnesota. Beverly averaging 10.8 points, four and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, 1.8 steals, 2.0 blocks, and 1.5 threes. Now, I don't blame you, Steve. You've been hesitant in recent conversations about buying in on Beverly. I, I don't blame you because, as we've, as we've said, at some point, this is all going to come crashing down. But Beverly just keeps producing, and I really do think he needs to be getting closer to like 50% rostered right now the way he's putting up numbers. I, I agree. Um, I've, I've been using him in DFS since we talked about him last week, and he's rolling right now. Like He's playing very well for the, for the Wolves um, despite – D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards both being there. Uh, he hasn't beat anybody up yet, and he's he looks good. I'm 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 in. I'm good with Pat Beverly right now. I know I was hesitant last time, 
to buy in, but he's he's done it long enough now that I, I think I'm okay. And like, I do think the nice thing about this is we'll know when it's over. I don't think there's going to be any confusion here when this when this comes crashing down. He's either going to get hurt or it, he's just going to cool off. I mean, I don't think you're going to have any question, and I don't think you'll have any issue moving on when it all falls apart. <laughs> Yeah, it, you should know pretty clearly what's what's happening there. And next week, your Minnesota Timberwolves play three times. Two-game week for the Lakers and the Pistons next week. Everybody else is three or four. Mostly threes next week. Okay. Okay, so that three-game Minnesota looks a little better in a C when it's in a C of three-game weeks. Yes. Meanwhile, Cole Anthony has been sidelined late with an ankle injury. And as of Wednesday, Orlando had not given much in the way of updates on his status. Shocker, Orlando not being totally transparent about an injury situation. So we really don't know exactly, as we record this, how long Cole Anthony could be out. And assuming that Cole Anthony is still sidelined by the time you hear this on Friday, RJ Hampton becomes a pretty intriguing pickup. In back-to-back games against the Bucks, without Cole Anthony, Hampton went 19 points, 5 rebounds, 9 dimes, 5 threes in one game. And then 14 points, 8 rebounds, 5 dimes, 2 steals, and a triple in the next game, Steve. I mean, Hampton is looking like a must-play as long as Anthony's out. Yeah, both of those games were against the Bucks, oddly enough. Yes. And uh, he played very well in both of those. Yeah, I mean, if Cole Anthony's not playing and Gary Harris isn't out there, it, uh, Gary Harris doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if he's out there or not. But it's time to buy into to R.J. Hampton, I think. He, he just looks really good. He's looked really good. He's looked very good in two games. It's It reminds me of Corey Joseph in Toronto or in uh, Detroit right now because Killian Hayes is out, and suddenly Corey Joseph is relevant. He had nine and nine last night, nine assists. And I think it's the same thing happening with Hampton. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Hampton... I think we were all, or we've all been imagining him as a silly season hero uh, when we get into 2022, like a guy who could potentially be crushing it in like March and April when things just get inevitably ridiculous. But he's kind of up to that timetable a little bit due to the Cole Anthony injury. So Hampton was already on our radar, but now he's he's there earlier than expected. So again, check back on Cole Anthony's status because this is really directly tied to that right now. But uh, if it's all quiet in Orlando, when you hear this on Friday, you pick up Hampton, who as this taping was 11% ya- rostered in Yahoo. Three games for Orlando. As we mentioned on Monday, Danilo Gallinari has been coming to life for Atlanta. His last five games prior to their Wednesday matchup with the Spurs, 11 points, 5.4 boards, a steal, 0.6 blocks, 1.63s. As we record this, Steve, just 18% rostered. Gallo is really coming to life in uh, 26 minutes per game over his last five. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing well. Double digits in four of his last five. Four steals over his last two. A block in each of his last two. He's hit three. He hits threes every night. He's hit threes in five, five in a row. The Hawks have won five in a row. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Gallo's playing well and the Hawks are winning games. So um, it's kind of exciting. Atlanta plays three games this week. Like Gallinari is not. I don't think a must-have fantasy no. player right now. He's he's just not. But he might be the best player sitting on your waiver wire in a in a deep league. So. He's at least worth a look right now. Yeah, he's definitely not a must-have in a shallow format, but in a in anything deeper than, you know, if we're talking once we get to 12, 14 team leagues, he creeps close to must roster I think at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Jared 
Vando Vanderbilt is actually up to 44% rostered as of Wednesday afternoon. So he may already be gone. There's a good chance he's already gone. But man, it's, you know, he's been rolling. He had 16 points on Monday. That tied a career high his last three games prior to Wednesday. Nine points per game, 11 rebounds per game, two dimes, 1.7 steals, 1.3 blocks. What more can you say about Vanderbilt other than pick him up and let's see how long this thing lasts? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because he he started to show signs that it was coming together. And then he had those double-digit rebound games back-to-back, but he wasn't scoring any points. And then finally, on Monday, it all came together against the lowly Pelicans with 16 mm-hmm. points, 11 boards, two steals. Not going to get three-pointers from him. No, no, no. You're going to get some blocks. You're going to get some steals. But, you know, he could double-double. Uh, all day long and then the steals look really good over the last couple of games so i was hesitant on vando but it's time i mean as long as they keep him in the starting lineup i think he's worth having on your team okay dorian finney smith played 49 minutes in the mavs overtime win on tuesday came up with 17 points three steals one block two triples steve is a little turbulent when it comes to dfs but his last five games look like this 11.3 points 4.3 rebounds 1.5 steals and 2.3 threes in 33 minutes he is 20 percent rostered are you into it at this point uh, i wrote about him last night that was a season high for him those 17 points mm-hmm. uh, he also played like a ridiculous number of minutes was it 49 minutes 49 yeah and that was an overtime game obviously but he played more minutes than anybody else in the game so both of those things are encouraging to me, but you know, the game before that he played 24 minutes, hit two of six shots with a three pointer, seven points, two boards, one assist, one steal. So in a four game week, I will think about some DFS and Dallas does play four times next week because they only play twice Thanksgiving week. So yeah, I might roll them out there for four games next week, this week. I mean, also just beyond that, I, I just I want to say it again. The guy just seems like leadership council material to me. So I, I really just want to lobby one more time. I think I mean you're going to give him 49 minutes, but he's not on the leadership council. You know what I mean? I can't reconcile those two things in my mind. Steve. Well, it, it really doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know why he wouldn't be on the leadership council. It's travesty. What screams leadership more than 49 minutes? I mean, if you can earn 49 minutes, you are a leader in my mind. You know. 49 minutes with one turnover, Matt. He does not turn the ball over at all. If you're looking for somebody who's going to play some volume and not mess up your turnovers, he hasn't had more than one turnover in his last seven games. And he's really, he's only had more than one in his last eight games, turnovers. So I like him. I have him on exactly no teams, but I like him, if that makes sense. I think he makes sense as a pickup. I don't have him anywhere, but my teams are too, are too good for that, as you like to say, Steve. <clears throat> you know, I was going through my teams last night, Matt, and I was trying to make some moves and make some pickups, and I'm like, really? I, and I, I would have to cut this guy to pick somebody up, and I, I, there's no re, no need to even look at it. Team's too good. Yeah. No, I actually do. In the in the NBC Sports Edge Company League, I do have Taylor Horton Tucker I'm going to go check and see if uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is available right after this because I might make that move. Not a bad idea. We talked to Orlando a minute ago already, but we're going to we're gonna head back that direction because Chuma Okiki heading into Wednesday had three straight double-digit games, including 12 points, five rebounds, two dimes, three steals, two threes 
in that loss to Milwaukee earlier this week. Now, that was a 31-point blowout loss. So I'm approaching this recent Okiki surge with a little bit of skepticism. He's 23% rostered. Steve, I mean, all I can say about Okiki is we like the skill set. He was kind of good down the stretch last year, but I'm still a little hesitant on adding him at this point. More of a watch list for me at the moment. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's interesting because those two games, the last two games he played were against the Bucks. They're generally a, a pretty good defensive team. The game before that it was Brooklyn. So it's three good games have come against very good teams. And, you know, there's no Gary Harris. Wendell Carter Jr. has really calmed down. Have you noticed that? Like he was he was kind of going crazy for a little bit. He's calmed down. So Okiki, I mean, he's very, very intriguing. He fits into this serviceable and intriguing conversation well because that's what he is. I kind of feel like he's due for a dud though, Matt. I'm I'm kind of nervous. Kind of nervous about going all in on Okiki right now, but certainly intriguing. Well, with that said, I mean, you can check back. Check back on the box scores. Check back on the game logs for Okiki. See what he did on Wednesday night if you're make, taking action on Friday because I think that will help guide you. I mean, if it's another 12 to 15-point game or something like that and we see 25 to 30 minutes and a couple steals maybe thrown in there, I'm gonna he's going to be a guy I'm looking to pick up by that time of the week. So I think that's kind of how you decide. Well, I'm still reeling from the Chimezi Chime- uh, Metu. Metu benching that has recently taken place. Ah. It's kind of left left me a little uh, wounded. Yeah, it seems that um, new coach Alvin Gentry maybe didn't see eye to eye with Luke Walton's uh, decision to give more minutes to Metu. So I guess, yeah, if you had recently added Chimezi Metu, obviously I think you swap him out for an Okiki or someone else we've been talking about here. And also, I don't know that Metu is gone yet, but I, you know, Gentry's going to try something else because – He's probably like, Matu got to start those five games in a row or whatever. Now I'm going to look at somebody else and then figure out what I'm going to do. That's true. And, I mean, we're recording this before the second game of the Gentry era on Wednesday. That would be another box score to check for some waiver wire pickups. And you might see some Sacramento Kings and Jonas Nader's waiver wire column out Friday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. 
Jeremiah Robinson Earl is still contributing for OKC. On Monday, he had 13 points, 10 boards, one steal, one block, two triples against the Hawks. As of Wednesday, his last five games included 11.4 points, 6.8 rebounds, 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.03s. I am 100% waiting for the wheels to fall off at some point, Steve, but JRE is just 14% rostered and uh, is officially intriguing. Well, I had him in my DFS lineup uh, when he went for that 13 and 10 against your Hawks. And again, the guy that's in front of JRE on the death chart is Derek Favors, old man winner, as I like to call him. <laughs> and we saw what happened with Al Horford last year in OKC. I, Derek Favors, there's no way I can see them starting Derek Favors all year. So I like what I've seen in JRE. I'm not even really waiting for the wheels to fall off. His rebounding numbers have been good for more than two weeks. The scoring has been coming on, especially recently. And the minutes, the minutes have been good. You know, he's getting good run out of his coach and, and for the thunder, I'm kind of feeling him. I like it. By the way, Derek favors who we've joked for so long about being super old has, uh, has actually turned 30. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, it happened over the summer. I just, I think, I think we should acknowledge that because when you were saying Derek Favors is so old, he's been around forever. He was like 28 years old when that was happening. So I feel like now that he's 30, you can kind of, I feel like things are more aligned with you now, Steve. It, it, the universe probably has felt even more aligned than you knew. You didn't know why, but things make more sense now somehow. Well, I'm pretty sure you pointed it out to me a couple of times. Like, oh, it's, it reminds me of the opening scene in uh, Reno 911, the movie, when Junior's having that dream and he wakes up, he's like, man, I just had the craziest dream. And Dangle's like, you know you're driving, right? And then they, <laughs> and then he wrecks and hits the porta potty and all that. But it reminds me of that because when I would talk about Derek Favors, you'd be like, hey, Doc, uh, you know he's like 28 years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know you're driving. Uh, well, so we got some dire injury news on Michael Porter Jr. earlier this week. So, I hesitate to even say this, but Jeff Green is somewhat on our radar after scoring 24 points with three threes and three blocks in 35 minutes on Tuesday. Steve, I'm going to say right up front, I think this is more of a deep league consideration for me, though I guess the other caveat I'll throw in there is that as of Wednesday, we got a report via Adrian Wojnarowski that P.J. Dozier is feared to have torn the ACL in his left knee. Another forward, potentially out of the mix long-term for Denver, would mean more you know, even a safer floor for Green, but Green pretty much is all floor, isn't he, Steve? I mean, there's just no ceiling for this guy at this point. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Jokic is hurt right now. He's got a wrist problem. I mean, they are banged up, and Uncle Jeff Green is really one of the last the last guys standing. It's him and Jermichael Green right now, and I don't want any part of Jermichael, but Uncle Jeff Green balled out. On Tuesday night, 9 of 16, season high 24 points, three blocks, three threes. Game before that wasn't terrible. It was 19 points, three boards, and a three pointer. 29, 30, 35, 33. He's getting minutes for that team because they're so yeah. banged up. And yes, the loss of PJ Dozier is going to leave a mark as well. We don't know when MPJ is coming back, if MPJ is coming back. I don't know. I th I feel like right now, if nothing else, he's at least a safe pickup. It's all floor, 
But if you just need a warm body to go out there and, and put up middle-of-the-road decent stats for you every night, Jeff Green's your guy. That's yeah, And there's a reason why he's come at this part of the conversation. That That is on purpose. Uh, Jeff Green, in terms of priority, Jeff Green per 36 minutes this year, 14.3 points, 4 rebounds, 1.7 dimes, 1.03s, but just 0.3 steals and 0.6 blocks per 36 minutes. So that's where the floor versus ceiling component comes in, Steve. 35 years old. It's going to take a whole lot for me to for me to run out and pick up Jeff Green at this point. It's kind of like what you guys said to me about Rudy Gay when we talked after Rudy Gay had that like 20-point yeah. game in 18 minutes. You probably just missed his best game of the year. That's how I feel about Jeff Green, 24 points, three triples, three blocks, which I think is what he did. I think that might have been his best game of the year. Well, before his three blocks, he had had a total of four blocks on the season. Right. Right. Now he's up to seven. <laughs> right. I mean, look, there are leagues where it makes sense to pick up Jeff Green, but the league needs to be deep or it just needs to be a streaming situation. Otherwise, you can count me as not that interested. Count you out? He's three-game Jeff Green this week also. Three-game Jeff Green. Quickly wanted to mention, I think if Jonas had been here with us today, one name that he had mentioned that he was going to bring up was K.J. Martin of the Rockets. Nothing too dramatic here, but has had a couple of good games in a row prior to Wednesday, 20-plus minutes in both of them, 10 points in back-to-back games, two steals and one block in one of those games, one steal and one block in the other one. Minutes have been hard to come by for K.J. Martin, but he's got a very fantasy-friendly skill set. He's a fun player. If you told me that this guy's going to get minutes in the low to mid-20s, guaranteed, I'm picking him up in deeper leagues right now. And he's another future silly season hero, I think, for us this year, where the way things are going in Houston... A silly season is here. Well, yes. But I mean, at some (laughs) point, this guy, for one reason or another, I would bet on him getting his chance. Yeah, I don't even know why they bother playing Eric Gordon at this point. Any veteran that's in Houston doesn't need to be playing big minutes. That team, there's there's no point to playing anybody over the age of 25. So... I think KJ Martin is going to be a silly season hero. He's, his minutes have been up the last two games. So 21 and 22, maybe that's because Kevin Porter Jr. hadn't been playing. Maybe it's because, because the Rockets are getting their doors blown off every time they play basketball and there's, there's garbage time in every game they play in. I don't know, but double digit points, 10 points in two in a row. He's worth, you know, he's a, he's a radar guy for me. One and 16 for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, radar, that makes sense. And a guy to check back, see what he did on Wednesday. Again, if you're hearing this on Friday, just check back and see what he did. If you see minutes in the low, mid-20s, he's he might be worth a flyer. But again, mostly just a watchless guy, and that's why we're mentioning this far down. I'm strangely, I'm more intrigued by him long-term than I am Jeff Green, even though Jeff Green is getting more playing time right now. Uh, Houston plays four times this week. Okay. Steve, anything you want to say before we uh, put a wrap on this? You know, I mentioned Corey Joseph earlier, and um, I was, I'm was i pretty proud of myself because I picked him up, dropped some dead weight, picked up Kojo because of the Detroit schedule. That's the only reason I picked him up. Well, the fact that Killian Hayes is out. Right. And he went out and put up that 9.9 assist number for me. I also picked up Frank Jackson, who had 13 points, I believe. But I am going to be dropping both of them because the Detroit Pistons play two games next week. They are the lone, no, Detroit and the Lakers 
are the two game teams next week. So if you've got LeBron, you've already had a, a long week, a long rough week. Yeah. And if you got AD, you're going to be a little light, light. Uh, what's what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, Not- light <laughs> roster. You're going to be a little. You're going to have some games played issues next week. By the way, it was a nice little run for Corey Joseph, and it's a bummer that the schedule is not in his favor because before that 9.9 assist three-steal game, he had an 18-point game in there. He had seven steals in a four-game span. I'm a little surprised you had someone to drop to make room for Corey Joseph based on the conversations we've had. A little surprised, a little surprised there, but otherwise, uh, I give you credit for that find because he's only 8% rostered. Yeah, it was a it was a long shot, but so far it's worked out. I'd like to be able to tell you who I cut uh-huh. to pick up Corey Joseph. Oh, it was uh, it was the company league. Because uh, both Ryan Knauss and Jared texted me, and they were mad at me. Mad at me that I had made these moves. They wanted to make them. Why is this taking so you long, You dropped man? Ed Davis. You dropped Easy Ed Davis. No loss there. 14-team league. For those wondering how Steve said... My rosters are too good to drop anyone. And why would he have had Davis? 14-team league explains a little bit there. By the way, in that league, Derek White recently got dropped. And I don't know if you saw that. And uh, ferocious, ferocious. We have a free agent budget in that. Ferocious bidding to acquire him off of waivers. I put in 51 out of 100 free agent dollars. Ryan Knauss dropped 73 and got him. And I was very upset. 73. It was the right move. Now, he also, it was the right move. No one good gets dropped. I mean, no one good will end up on waivers in this league. You know, somebody we didn't talk about today, Knaus getting Derek White caused him to drop Emmanuel quickly. I don't know if you've been watching what Quickly's been doing, but Quickly is playing like the best guard in New York. And maybe that's not saying a lot, <laughs> but he's playing pretty well. And, you know, I'm going to go out there and pick up Emmanuel quickly if I can get him. Five straight double-digit games, multiple threes in four of his last five, not getting steals, doesn't get a lot of assists, but did have a seven-assist game in there. Minutes have been between 21 and 25 in his last five games. Knicks play on Friday. So those are up-to-date numbers heading into the weekend. 14 points, three rebounds, three assists, four threes on Tuesday. So there's a little bit, yeah, in a 14-team league, Steve, I can see it. I can see it. I'm not going to spend 51 on him, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to – I mean, I'd spend anything on him. I might just go try to pick him up, but – uh, Frank Jackson, I picked up and I cut Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. That's fair. Terrence Ross had a had a surge there, cooled off. Frank Jackson has had a nice little burst of points and threes, but I'm not expecting that to last long term. And again, it was all schedule yeah. related, so whatever. And somehow we were at the end of this podcast and we ended about four more added about four more minutes to it. <laughs> so now I think we really are gonna go if you feel that we've wrapped all our business. Yes. I think we can leave. Okay. Congratulations to Jared Johnson for picking up uh, Jeff Green. And congratulations to you on shooting an 86. Oh, hey, thanks. That's still a good score, even even though I think we left a few strokes out there. And those seven kind of got us, yeah. Thanks, man. All right, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. And take a minute to rate and review us as well if you haven't done that. We are here every Monday through Friday throughout the season. Back next week with some takeaways from the weekend and some updated waiver wire pickups as well. And if you're looking for more waiver wire pickups, as I said, check out Jonas Nader's waiver wired column on NBC Sports Edge. Thanks to everyone for listening. Steve, thank you. I will talk to you next week. Thanks, man. Thank you.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.